Blog Talk Radio. Uh, we, we had gotten to Boston uh, 
early in the afternoon, I'd say roughly around 2 o'clock, and we kind of walked around near the arena just to get an idea of where everything is, uh, grabbed a bite to eat. And uh, the uh, in Boston, the public transportation is, you know, bus or cabs or the T, as they, as they call it. It's like a subway. It's a train of sorts. And uh, there's a T station inside the TD Garden Arena. I know there's a lot of T's here. It's a big tongue twister. But anyhow... Um, the T the, the station is inside the TD Garden, uh, and you can enter the, the arena through there as well. And there's all, you know, different kinds of, uh, you know, like a Dunkin' Donuts coffee or little stands you can kind of walk around. There's a pro shop for, like, the Celtics and the Bruins in there. And there was a ticket window. And uh, Nicole and I were looking at, um, you know, trying to get tickets for last night's Money in the Bank uh, pay-per-view. We were waiting in line, and there was a gentleman that was in the line with us, and he was – um, he was complaining about something, and he got into an argument with another individual who just came out of the bathroom because he thought that this guy was cutting the line. Well, it turns out he was trying to get the person in the ticket window to call for help because there was somebody that was passed out in the bathroom floor of the men's room. And he said that, you know, someone needs medical assistance immediately. Somebody called 911. Um, my girlfriend, Nicole, just recently uh, graduated, and she's an EMT. And as a civil servant, if you're off duty, you have to respond to an emergency. They call it code. And uh, I'm sorry, that's not what they call it. Yeah, she's just corrected me here with a look of the stain on her face, shaking her head. But um, she could probably better describe the situation to you. But we go in the bathroom, and she, she jumps right in there, and there's a man with uh, down around his ankles. And unfortunately, he had a, 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 a severe drug addiction, a needle stuck in his arm, um, purple in the face. Uh, passed out on the bathroom floor. So she began to perform, uh, you know, impressions to the chest to try and revive the individual. Uh, security had come. Uh, I was kind of standing guard in the bathroom door. It was pretty scary. Um, first-hand account that, you know, from, from my point of view, I was in there. I wanted to make sure she was safe, uh, first of all. Uh, there was another individual in there who found this, this gentleman. He had kind of dragged him out of the stall. He was pretty nervous. He had never been involved in a situation like this. And uh, Nicole was trying to get him to help while he had 911 on the phone. So he was pretty nervous. And then I started getting nervous. And I had, you know, Nicole's son, Anthony, and his friend move off to the, to, the, to the outside of the bathroom so that they weren't too close to seeing something like this. Because personally, I was, I, I was pretty nervous myself as I was going to be standing in the midst of somebody possibly dying right in front of my eyes. So I had to turn away. And I stepped outside the bathroom and... Uh, Fortunately for Nicole and for, for this individual, this, this individual was revived by her. She saved his life. And I couldn't be more proud of my girlfriend for doing that. Um, this, this man had an angel on his side, and it was my girlfriend. And uh, for, for a better firsthand account of the situation, um, I'm going to put Nicole on the line right now, and she can discuss uh, with you, Ken, and with everybody that's listening uh, how this all went down. Hi, Ken. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm okay. You know, just a, an absolutely uh, wild story. I mean, situations like this, I don't know if I say congratulations or job well done. Uh, obviously, this guy definitely had a, a, a guardian angel. Uh, you know, amazing. You're thinking, hey, I'm just going to go for a nice, fun weekend, watch some wrestling, and then you're you're thrust into action. Could you just, just tell me and the, and the listeners uh, – just like went, what went through your mind, what you saw, what it was like uh, going through the situation you went through. 
Well, we were we were just standing there, and uh, we were talking about tickets and watching a little, you know, fight go down, verbal fight with two guys, and I'm like, there's always something happening, you know. And um, then when someone said, no, there's a man dying in the men's bathroom, and nobody seemed to move or do anything, and so that 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 bothered me right there. So nobody swung into action, and I was like, oh, oh for God's sake, like, what can I do? What can I do to help you? Where is he? Can I come into the bathroom? He said, yes, come on in. And as soon as I saw him, you know, obviously he was in, in distress. And that's what we call is a code is when we have to um, do compression, do basic life support on somebody. That's what we call having your first code. And it's a scary thing, but you, your training teaches you to just do what you can to help somebody. And and so I just, I didn't think about anything except trying to keep the blood going to his brain, you know, so he, if he was going to live, that he would have a chance, so. And, you know, and the, and the other gentleman that was in there was trying to help me. I was trying to show him how to, you know, keep an airway open, but it was very hard. It, you know, the floor was soaking wet that we were kneeling on, so it, it was rough, but, you know, I felt relieved when everybody else came and he took over and he, you know, he obviously needed some medicine to get him out of his overdose, which was what it was. And, um, but the compression definitely helped, you know, keep his blood flowing so he wouldn't be brain damaged or, or, or worse. So that's, that's it's, about it's, it. Incredible story. How how are you doing now? How are you afterwards? I mean, just I don't know. I just feel like that would be a very uh, you know, tough to get over that. I mean, how are you right after it, it occurred? I figured that it, my first code would happen when I was working on the ambulance and not when I wasn't with anybody else, <laughs> like you know, to help out or whatever. But it it was a good it was a good lesson and I was we were standing there for some reason and it, maybe it was to help this man out. Um afterwards it was like an adrenaline rush and I just wanted to but I it took me like a good hour to calm down because I kept just thinking about the situation. And you always think about, okay, I could have done this differently or showed you know but I would I'm just hard on myself anyhow. But I, it took me a while, and now looking back at it, you know, I'm 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 glad that we were there to help this man who needed help. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story with us. An amazing story, and again, you know, not not necessarily wrestling related, but you guys were out there to see Money in the Bank, and just thought it was a a great story to share. So, congratulations, good for you, and uh, talk about trial by by fire. So, I think you're ready. Thank you. Take care, Nicole. All right, I'm back. Let's let the real show start. Okay, yeah. I, geez, you know, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, you know, you're talking about. It, you told me, and I'm like, hey, you know, wow, it's kind of cool. Like with within the extended TKRS family, like we have a, a bona fide hero. Just just an incredible story. So. Uh, let's get into the wrestling as we we make the smoothest of transitions. Uh, first off, just uh, putting it out there. If you're if you're listening, Mr. Funk, I hope you are. But happy 70th birthday to one Terry Funk, legendary wrestling figure. Um, I, this guy's probably going to wrestle until he's 100, but uh, 70 years young Terry Funk. So we here at the Kenry Show would love to wish him 
a very happy birthday coming out of Money in the Bank yesterday. And we had so much to get into with this pay-per-view. John Cena, our new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. We're going to get into that fun debate uh, a little later on. But as we kind of intimated that Dave was was in Boston. So before we get um, really into what what was going on at the pay-per-view, someone who was not in Boston last night, one Wade Barrett, who, you know, Dave, we're two guys that have been really high on Wade Barrett. And, you know, sometimes there are guys that just you start to feel like maybe they're a little bit snake-bitten, winds up getting hurt on SmackDown. We're hearing dislocated shoulder. A guy with all the talent in the world has always been great on the mic. Uh, His wrestling ability continues to improve. He's, He's very good in the ring. Um, but a guy that just seems like as soon as the momentum starts moving in the right direction, he gets injured, another injury for Wade Barrett, and uh, costly for him. He had a, a good spot on the card last night. It's very, you know, it, is, it sucks for, for a guy like him. Um, and it's very ironic, too, because uh, it was a couple of years ago, uh, you know, leading up to WrestleMania 28 in Miami, where there was talk amongst WWE officials to bring back the Money in the Bank ladder match concept for WrestleMania. They were thinking about doing away with the pay-per-view and just bringing back the ladder match concept for WrestleMania. And Wade Barrett was the front runner and that was rumored to, 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 to win that match at WrestleMania. And he dislocated his shoulder um, in a battle royal, uh, you know, weeks leading up to that. And then they switched plans and, they, and then the plan became that it was going to be the, the, the general manager's match with, like, Teddy Long and John Laurinaitis. Um, so it's kind of ironic that leading up to another ladder match that, quite frankly, in my opinion, I think he was, you know, and he's been rumored to have been a favorite. And recently reports came out that Vince McMahon was very high on him, Reigns, and uh, Bray Wyatt. And it was just a matter of time of which one of those guys was going to ascend to the main event. Um, and Barrett was in the front running to, to – to ascend to main event status in WWE. And unfortunately, it's fine ironic that, you know, right before another ladder match, he hurts his, he dislocates his shoulder again, or maybe the other shoulder. I forget which one it was that he hurt the first time. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a really tough situation for any athlete to deal with when you're on a, when you're on a, you know, upward momentum and you're, you're about to, you know, peak in your career, or at least you think you are. And then this comes about, hopefully he can come back, you know, stronger, better than ever, and then they, they still have some faith in him. Unfortunately, it seems in recent memory that guys who get hurt that WWE has really put a lot of money and invested into, when they return from their injury, WWE is very hesitant to use these individuals again in a high-profile you know status in the company. For instance, Dolph Ziggler, a guy who everybody was behind. He had, he had the, the, the company and the whole world on his back supporting him. He won money in the bank a couple of years ago. He cashes in the night after WrestleMania in front of that awesome crowd in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And a few weeks later, he gets a concussion, kicked in the head, and he's out for six weeks, loses the title when he returns, and then they really don't do much of anything with him shortly after that. So it, I, I hope that the case isn't the same for Wade Barrett and even for Daniel Bryan, too, eventually when he returns. This is another situation it's similar to Wade Barrett, that Brian was on the verge of having a great run as champion. Hopefully that was the case. So um, 
that these guys can get back to, you know, especially Bear can get back to, you know, how, you know, being healthy and moving forward and hopefully, hopefully, crossing my fingers, that he'll be back in the same position he was before injury. I mean, interesting that you brought up the, the name uh, Ziggler. And, it's you know, one of the things, you know, I, I think the landscape of, of the WWE is, is changing. And there's a lot of young talent. And when there's a lot of talent and there's a lot of talent trying to find their spots, um, you know, that's when it's, it's tough if you get hurt because there's someone there to just jump in that spot. Uh, it's different if, you know, if there was kind of a, a gap uh, in, in talents. But there's a lot of talent out there. And, you know, that's, that's the wrestling business. And it, there's a lot of talent, a lot of guys that, that can work, that can talk, that look good. Uh, you know, there's always going to be someone that's going to jump in that spot. And that's, that's what's difficult, you know, right now that uh, – and the other thing, also, when you're hurt and you're gone for a while, you know, you kind of, you're out of the consciousness. You're not, you're not visible each and every week. So, um, you know, it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Wade Barrett. But, uh, you know, two guys that we're, you know, on the show, we've talked a lot about, we've, we've talked about Barrett. We've always been very high on Dolph Ziggler. Um, both those guys suffering injuries at the hands of one Jack Swagger. Uh, who also has had his fair share of problems outside of the WWE. You've got to wonder. Now, look, watching SmackDown, it didn't appear to me that Swagger did anything wrong. Um, You know, it could just be a fluke injury. But you do start to wonder with some of the stuff that's gone on with Swagger, the the injuries that have occurred, you know, are guys in the back and start start saying that they don't want to work Swagger. Um, could Swagger's days be numbered right now in the WWE? It's very possible. I mean, um, it, it's quite possible his days could be numbered as somebody who, um, I wouldn't say fired, but I would say on the endangered species list, he'd probably be in a, in a Zack Ryder kind of category if he keeps up, you know, his reckless, um, you know, in-ring work with guys. Um, there have been stories years back that, you know, a guy like, for instance, Mr. Anderson on CNA, but Mr. Kennedy, he was groomed for main event status. He wanted money in the bank, but he was so injury-prone, and then he would hurt guys. I mean, Shawn Mike, rumors were Shawn Michaels and Triple H didn't want to work with him. When Cena first tore his pectoral muscle, he was in a match with Kennedy. Some mistiming rumors suggest. The day he got fired from WWE, he almost dropped Randy Orton on his head. So, I mean, it's quite possible Swagger could go that route and get rid of by WWE. But at the same time, he's also a very good athlete, and he's a, he's a reliable hand in the ring as far as his own in-ring work. He may be careless at times, but his in-ring work is pretty solid. So they might keep him around just to be a solid mechanic to help get guys over. It's quite possible it could go many ways with him. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I, you know, it's just it's a shame when you see guys like that that are on their way up and, you know, having a good spot on the pay-per-view. And, you know, let's get into it. I mean, you were there last night, Dave, uh, a, a very good pay-per-view. Um, I'm not going to say it was, a, you know, a, a classic or a historical, but I was entertained for the bulk of the, uh, the three hours of the pay-per-view. I thought most of the matches were solid. Dave, you were there. Uh, tell us a little bit, just overall, what was the climate like in the building last night? It was it, it was pretty electric. People were excited. Um, you know, it was I wouldn't say it was a stacked card, but there was a lot of big things potentially taking place with a new champion being crowned and 
you know, ladder matches are always very exciting. Boston's a good wrestling town. Um, Boston's a very vocal town, too. The last time WWE ran Boston was Survivor Series, you know, late last year, and they were chanting Daniel Bryan in a main event that Daniel Bryan wasn't even in. It was Randy Orton at the Big Show. So they were, they were a very vocal audience, and they were very vocal um, about, you know, their, their likes and dislikes for certain people. Um, so it was a good show overall. The, I, wouldn't, I would say for the most part, the crowd was into just about every match in some way, shape, or form. Um, the, the, the tag title match was a great opener. The segment with Daniel Bryan and the kickoff show, everyone, I mean, the whole arena was, I mean, I looked around, I, I sat in the balcony, and everybody was doing the yes chant. And if, if, you know, the rumors are true that some officials in WWE feel like Daniel Bryan isn't over, I mean, they, he came out and that place was unglued. Like it, was, it was loud in there. It wasn't loud like 75,000 people in New Orleans at the Superdome, but it was loud for him. And just overall, the in-ring quality was good. I mean, some people were chanting boring and stuff, but I think that's just rest, some ignorant wrestling fans trying to, you know, be a part of the, the show. But overall, every match had, had the attention of the audience, especially, the, you know, the two ladder matches. The match that really surprised me, uh, well, I wouldn't say surprised me, but that I, I, I kind of liked it. It was, a, it was a sleeper match, but the Biggie and Rusev match. Rusev, for the first time since he's been on TV, has pretty much been dominating guys. And you saw a little glimpse of some signs of weakness in his game, in his in-ring arsenal last month against Biggie Langston at Payback. But, you know, Biggie dominated most of that match, and it was a really good big man powerhouse match, and the crowd reacted well to it. The first Divas match was good. The second Divas match, it was what it was. You know, when you, when you knew that Fandango was going to be the referee, there wasn't going to be much in-ring work going on between Summer Rae and Layla. So uh, tag title match was great. I enjoyed that. It was an awesome match. And I thought it really brought back, like, old-school tag team wrestling, what tag team wrestling needs to be in WWE between these two teams. And they both had great chemistry. The latter matches were great. You know, the first one for the contract, we can discuss more of that, but it was just a big spot fest. It was awesome. Um, I did. I was kind of disappointed that Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler, didn't have enough participation in that match. He didn't really seem to do a lot, and the match seemed to be more centered around Ambrose and Rollins. And another thing, Ambrose was a big favorite amongst the crowd in Boston um, when he first came out, and then when he came out towards the end of the match to to, to stop Rollins, he he was a big favorite in Boston overall. And the show was a good show, and I really liked it. And from what I saw this morning watching it on WWE Network, it translated really well on television. Um, I don't know about you, Ken, but I didn't watch the main event, the last match on TV yet. And uh, it was weird because Cena came out for his entrance, and he was booed, the whole building booed him, you know, and he's from the area in Boston. But when he won, you know, he's climbing the ladder, and everyone's like, no, 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 and some people are starting to boo. The minute he grabbed the belts off the ring, the whole place popped and exploded, at least from where I was sitting. It looked like the whole arena just lit up when he, when he won. And then, of course, you heard people chanting, you know, yelling, Cena sucks, but it, the crowd was into just about everything. Overall, fun night, good show. I got no complaints as far as I'm concerned with, with the, the, the entertainment value that WWE brought last night at Money in the Bank. Yeah, I thought that you got a lot of quality uh, in, in last night's show. And, and you know, it's a, that opening match last night, um, tremendous matchup. And, you know, I thought it was some solid booking. I'm, I'm hoping that they do more with, you know, the Wyatts are together, but break them off a lot more where you have uh, 
uh, Rowan and Harper as their own tag team, and Bray is off doing his single stuff and bring them together every now and again. Um, but I liked that dynamic last night. Um, and what really look, and I've said this before on the show, and, and those of you who are new to the show, but I, I was fortunate enough before uh, Harper was signed by the WWE, he was on our television. We were affiliated with the NWA. So I got to call one of his last matches. I did commentary for one of his last matches in the NWA. And I remember thinking, my God, this guy is amazing. This guy's got all the skill in the world for a big man. Um, You know, and I don't know if they were really showcasing what this guy can do uh, for a chunk of time. Now, granted, they're, they're establishing the character. I'm not faulting the WWE. But what you saw last night was a glimpse into how good this guy can be, uh, especially for a big man. And when you look at the big guys that are, are, are getting up there, talking about guys like Kane, I'm talking about guys like The Undertaker, even, even Big Show, um, you know, those guys are getting up there in age. And when you look at, like, the big guys that, that could fit the bill uh, for the future – Luke Harper may very well be that guy, a very athletic big man. I think the sky's the limit for this guy's career. Uh, be interesting down the road a piece to see what happens uh, when and if the Wyatts break up. Um, but I'm right there with you. I thought you saw some real solid tag team wrestling, a very entertaining match. It set the tone for the night. Uh, but the thing that stuck out for me was you really got to get a glimpse as to how good a Luke Harper can be. What were your thoughts, Dave? I, I, I totally agree with you. He's the breakout star of that team. He, in my opinion, in wrestling, he's the Shawn Michaels of the Rockers, and Rowan is the Marty Jannetty. Not disrespecting Eric Rowan's ability, because I think we saw glimpses of last night of him trying to break out on his own and, be, and not just be, you know, in the background of the Wyatt family. I mean, when you saw that him kind of climbing the top rope before the Usos did that superplex, I thought to, at that moment that that was a moment for him in his career where it was going to be the beginning of him trying to stand out more in that Wyatt family um, the gimmick. Um, like I said earlier, the in-ring action was great. They had the crowd in the palm of their hand. And, uh, you know, going back and watching it on WWE Network this morning, um, I, liked the, I liked their entrance. I liked the music, and I liked how, you know, the, the they – Granted, I think the song is overplayed, the whole world in his hands, but I liked how they did that, and then they, they, the camera cut, and it was his mask, and then he kind of moved off to the side, and it was Harper behind him with that crazy look. I liked the production quality with their entrance. I thought that was pretty cool. And the music was just very, like, it just, the way they walked and the way they presented themselves in their entrance, it was very badass, and I thought that was a, a cool ass. See most of that live and in person, but watching it back this morning, I thought it was really good and added some depth to their characters and kind of separated them from Bray just a little bit, which I think is going to help them in the long run once they decide to split the Wyatt family up. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that, like last night, did a lot to to help their characters, uh, you know, and everything that Bray is doing and, and, you know, whether they turn him face, whoever they decide to go with his character, I mean, that guy's over. That guy can talk. He doesn't need a family with him, per se, right now. Uh, you know, he could break off on his own tonight, and it would be fine. Um, you know, I don't want to see the Wyatts break up, but I think we, we saw a, a glimpse that, uh, 
you know, Luke Harper can be a star, perhaps. And and like I said before, you know, you got a lot of these big guys that are going to be retiring in the next few years, and you're going to need someone to fit the bill. And I think this guy's got all the talent in the world. I, I'm just really excited to see where Luke Harper's going to go. And, uh, you know, opening the pay-per-view with this matchup was definitely a, a great way to start. And, and aside from the ladder matches, you know, that to me was really um, the breakout match. What did you guys think of the pay-per-view last night? So much more to get into. The two ladder matches. What did you guys think? 347-838-9815. We're going to get to your calls on the other side of the break. New Mr. Money in the Bank. Is that best for business? Is John Cena being the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, is that, in fact, best for business? Speaking of best for business, right before we came on the air, Triple H tweeted, coming off of hashtag money in the bank, let's keep the momentum going. Tonight, a WWE champion returns to Raw. Who is that champion? Let's speculate. Let's guess. Let's fantasy book. What the hell? Reaction to the rest of the pay-per-view, speculation on what we're going to see on Monday Night Raw tonight, and, of course, your calls. But for now, we got to get into it. It's time for the Day 5 50, 50 News Report. Thank you very much, Ken. This is the Day 5 News Report, only heard at the top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show, where I give you, in my opinion, the top five stories of the week. Our first story, PWInsider.com reports that WWE will be hosting a live contract signing with a top Japanese wrestler at their July 12th event in Osaka, Japan. We here at the Ken Reedy Show reported a few weeks back that WWE had signed Japanese star Kenta to a developmental contract. It's now being reported by sources in WWE that Kenta is indeed that individual, individual that will be a part of the live contract signing on the 12th of July. It can also be reported that other top WWE officials will be on hand for this signing, as well as 2005 WWE Hall of Famer, the immortal Hulk Hogan. In our second story, it, it has been rumored for some time that country music star Toby Keith was the financial backer for Jeff Jarrett's upstart Global Force Wrestling promotion. Reports now suggest that Keith is not, I repeat, is not the primary financial backer, but a contact that Jarrett made through NASCAR legend Hermie Sadler is indeed the backer for GFW. Needless to say, Jarrett has posted videos on social media updating wrestling fans of his progress building Global Force Wrestling, but not offering many details. Speaking of Daniel Bryan and last night's Money in the Bank pay-per-view, in regards to Daniel Bryan's injury update on last night's Money in the Bank kickoff show, Bryan mentioned that his rehab is going slower than expected and said a second surgery is being discussed. Reports out today by the Wrestling Observer say that allegedly if Bryan were to need a second procedure performed, then he could be out as an he could be out an additional six months to possibly even a year. If and when Brian does return to action in WWE, early plans suggest he'll be put in a program with Randy Orton. MMA fighter King Mo, who has also appeared on TNA television in the past, 
made an appearance at TNA's recent New York City television taping. Moe has been training with TNA superstar Kenny King in Las Vegas when he's not training MMA. It's being said by figure4wrestlingonline.com that we will see more of King Moe on TNA television this summer. And in our final story this week, it was recently reported that The Undertaker was still in rough shape following his WrestleMania 30 match with Brock Lesnar. The Wrestling Observer newsletter reports that Taker has still been suffering from a serious concussion from that match and telling people at his local gym that the chances of a WrestleMania 31 return are not very good right now. A decision on The Undertaker's WrestleMania status should be made by WWE officials before the end of 2014. And there you have it, folks. That was the Day 5 News Report. Only heard top of the hour every single Monday night here on the Ken Reedy Show. Ken, back to you. I mean, talk about, you know, we hit, uh, you know, untimely injuries. I mean, talk about an untimely injury where Daniel Bryan is. And, and, you know, man, if he needs a second surgery, and this is one of those things where I I think for us as as a fan, you got to kind of separate with, you know, being a fan and what you want to see on TV and not, like, realistically, in, in real life, what's best for business. Not not storyline best for business, but real life best for business. Um, you know, I, I love Daniel Bryan, and I want to see him come back, and I want to see him elevated. I want, but, wow, like a neck injury, second surgery. Like if, if I'm running the WWE, I don't know if I slot him right back into the main event. I might be a little cautious. I might want to keep him in the mid-card and see, you know, how his body responds. Uh, you know, it's, it's very unfortunate what's happened to him. Uh, close to a year bill to finally win the belt at not just WrestleMania, but WrestleMania 30, a prestigious WrestleMania. And, and you got to figure, creatively speaking, that it sent the company into a tailspin um, because he was the most popular wrestler on the planet. I mean, he had to be in major, major storylines for the bulk of the rest of at least this year. Um, just very untimely for Daniel Bryan. You know, you, you wonder. It's it's a shame, Dave, but you actually got to start. You got to start talking career ending, and you hope that's not the case. But that's uh, when you're talking back and neck and and not healing and losing strength and maybe needing a, a second surgery. Again, fingers crossed, all the best to Daniel Bryan, hoping that's not the case, but could very well be career-threatening. Uh, it's really a shame, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, for a guy who um, has basically his entire career from the indie scene until now has been told that he's not good enough, he's not big enough, he's not talented enough um, to succeed and, and be a big deal in the wrestling business, um, to have, you know, the momentum that he's had in the the last, I would say, two and a half years, um, beginning this yes phenomenon in WWE up until, you know, his his big climax at WrestleMania 30, winning the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, it is tough to see that, you know, this could potentially end his career. Um, you know, he, he I, I would imagine that... Um, you know, the, the words that he had spoke last night on the, the Money in the Bank kickoff show, that he'll be back and he'll be better than ever. I'm, I'm sure that as a performer and as an athlete, he believes that. Um, when he does come back, if he comes back, he's going to have to, I would say, reinvent himself 
in a way, um, from his moveset in order for him to have a, a longer shelf life in the wrestling business um, and in WWE. Because some of the things that he does in the ring, it's just, it's, you watch, you look back, and you realize well, that could do some real serious damage if you keep doing that every single night um, over the course of, you know, X amount of years. So I think, he, I think when he does come back, he, he'll be... He'll be, a, he'll be a focal point of the show. I don't think he'll be in the title picture as much, which is unfortunate, um, but they they know where to slot him and what they want to do with him, and hopefully he's not used as a stepping stone for other guys. Um, but he's, he's super popular, and in my opinion, you know, you're as popular as you are. Back in the day, if he was that popular, you know, 20 years ago, he'd be the champion, you know, as, as many times as Cena's been the champion, or as many times as Hogan's been the champion. So um, I think that they'll use him um, in, in a positive light, and he won't be he won't be jobbed out, as wrestling fans would say, like a guy like Dolph Ziggler has been since his, you know, decline after his injury. Yeah, I mean, you know, wishing all the best. I mean, it's just amazing. And you got to figure that that creative has been scrambling to, to put together the rest of the year, which, you know, kudos. I, I mean, look, and we'll do it, and we'll criticize, and, and a lot of times creative deserves to be ripped. But, uh, you know, knowing what's going on behind the scenes, knowing what kind of role uh, Daniel Bryan was to have in the company, uh, put on a really good pay-per-view, and we'll see how creative continues to unfold over time. So let's get right into it. Let's go to the phone calls. Got a lot to talk about with the pay-per-view. Uh, so many things going on. And we're going to go out to the phones because your buddy Anthony was there as well, so he can give us uh, – and in the arena sense of what things were like and what he thought of the pay-per-view. So let's go out right now. we got Anthony on the line. Anthony, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, right over here. How are you there, Anthony? Oh, I'm here. Sorry, I was actually talking to somebody. <laughs> I uh, didn't no hear problem. you come in. <laughs> we're actually uh, standing outside of XL right now waiting to get in. But um, uh, I lost my train of thought here. But, yeah, real quick, uh, you had Nicole on before. Dave's a very lucky guy. She's awesome, and uh, we weren't a, we weren't together yet when that all went down. But uh, pretty uh, crazy thing there. Really is. It's absolutely uh, crazy. But real real quick before I get into uh, money in the bank stuff, uh, Jazz and I were lucky enough to uh, have a little meet and greet with Davey Richards on Saturday. So I just wanted to give him a little plug because he was really cool. He, you know, we sat with him for a minute. He, held the uh, TNA title belt, tag title belt, and I uh, took a bunch of pictures with us. It was, uh, it was a good time, really good guy there. And uh, his match later in the night at uh, NEW Bethany, uh, Tommaso uh, Chopper over there, the ROH guy, was out of this world. Great. One of the best matches I've ever seen. But, cool. um As far as the money in the bank goes, uh, I love the tag match to open it. It was awesome. Uh, Usos brought it. You know, the lights brought in a great open there. And uh, I was actually talking about this with Dave yesterday. I'm kind of uh, digging Ambrose now. I know we talked about it before. He was kind of lost one of the shields. We weren't really sure where he was going. And his new look with the jeans and the tank top, and he seems to be a little more crazier. Um, I was really digging it, and he was seemed to be really over with the crowd. A lot of people were cheering for him. And, I, I uh, couldn't that, agree with you more. I, I was one of those guys that, like, I just I wasn't getting it. And I'm all in. I'm all in on Team Ambrose right now. I'm digging what he's doing. I'm digging the new look. Uh, I'm digging the way he just – it looks like 
whatever he can do to kill Seth Rollins is like, uh, you know, he'll he'll run through a flaming wall to, to get to Rollins. I'm I'm totally into his character now. Where I think in the Shield he was just kind of as great as the Shield was. Now watching Ambrose, it seems like that faction perhaps handcuffed Ambrose a bit, and I'm really enjoying him right now. Yeah, absolutely. I actually I actually think all three of the guys are kind of distinguishing themselves a bit. I thought they all all performed well. All all kind of that new wave, you know, new wave of guys. Rusev, Big E, um, you know, you could go on and on with it. Wyatt in the in the ladder match, they 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 all seem to to really uh, put forth the effort last night, and I think it's you know great for the future. Throughout last week, I was kind of expecting Cena to win, and I was happy he won. I marked out a little bit when he won, and uh, what Dave said was totally correct. Early on, Cena's getting booed, and Dawn comes on. John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. The whole crowd hated him, and then it was weird. It's like once he hit the top step this cheer started, and as soon as he unhooked the belt, the place went crazy. So I was like, and there was a million people wearing Cena shirts. I think half the people born them were wearing a Cena shirt. So I was like, <laughs> are they just pulling them to do what the crowd's doing? And then when everybody cheered them, they all cheered them. I mean, sure, there was people, you know, bitching about it on the way out. But I think as far as with the, the state of the WWE right now, with the uncertainty with Brian, I, I think it makes the most sense Instead of putting the title in the hands of a, of a Ranger or a Wyatt who may not be ready for for that stage yet, he, I mean, he or Orton were, were were more of the logical moves in my opinion. I, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it's it, it's a state right now where the WWE is is in a state of flux, and uh, you know, again, like I said, they they got to be scrambling with uh, what happened to Daniel Bryan. Uh, to me, it's. It's almost like let's stop the bleeding. Let's let's go back to the guy that that is sold for us in the past. And and the the thing is for me with John Cena is Cena could lose the belt tonight, and he's still John Cena. He loses nothing. He can be a transitional champion and lose nothing. Uh, whereas I wouldn't want to see Reigns or Wyatt become that transitional champion. I don't think they're ready for a real championship run. I think it was, if you want to criticize, it definitely was the safe choice. But right now, when you probably had 90% of your stuff creatively wrapped up in a Daniel Bryant and that guy goes down, I can't fault the company for saying, you know what, we're going to play it safe for the time being. I think it was a, it's a sound business move. It just makes sense. And you know what, he, he is the face of the company, so it, it just makes sense for me. And it was it was a good match. Yeah, it was a great match. Uh, the energy was great. The energy in the building was great for most of the matches. The only match that I personally didn't like was the Layla Summer Ray, but it's whatever I thought. Even even the other Divas match with uh, uh, Naomi and Paige, I thought I thought it was the wrestling was good. I, I I thought that was one of the better Divas matches that WWE has had in a while. But um. As far as tonight, I'm I'm kind of hoping for a Lesnar appearance. I'm kind of pumped for that. I don't know if I'm if I'm kind of you know wishing for too much there, but I'm kind of hoping that his music hits and we go crazy tonight. <laughs> you know, you know, Tony, it's 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 funny that you mentioned Brock Lesnar because uh, I was just reading you know on WWE.com 
that they're, that they've teased that it could be Lesnar that is the former WWE champion returning tonight. So, um, I've just read, not confirmed, com is reporting that Chris Jericho is slated to return tonight and be that former WWE champion. So it could be it could be a number of guys, but Lesnar's apparently supposed to be at SummerSlam. He's supposed to be wrestling for the title, so maybe they start that with Cena tonight, or maybe they throw a complete different monkey in the wrench and throw Jericho in that match. So I could I could deal with that too. I'm a, I'm a Jericho guy, so that that'd be a lot of fun too. All right, Tony, thanks a lot for the phone call. Right. Appreciate it. Uh, right, yeah, guys, I'm gonna try to uh, I'm gonna try to fight my way into the building here. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll see right. you in a couple weeks. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Take it easy, man. Okay, bye-bye. And given, you know, given us a little bit of perspective, yeah, and since they, you know, brought up the, the championship ladder match and, you know, kind of touched on it, um, it's interesting, and I do find a, a lot of people's reactions interesting. I mean, you know, I'm not, not, I mean, to maybe simplify, you know, and, and add an analogy, you know, it's like if, if, you, if you opened up a – if you opened up a store, let's just say you opened a store and you were selling fruit and you only sold one fruit, you sold oranges. Every day you sold oranges. And then you, you had a wildly successful business and you decided, you know what, it's time to start selling apples. And then all of a sudden there was a, a, a crop disaster and apples were just not plentiful you'd go back to primarily selling oranges. You wouldn't say at that point, you know what, now I'll sell bananas. You'd go back to what was working for you initially. And, and maybe it oversimplifies things, but there are a couple things here. Number one, with creative, you know, assuming creative is kind of scrambling, I don't, I'm, we're high on Roman Reigns on this program. I want Reigns to, to be the champion. And to be perfectly honest, I was okay with John Cena not being the champion again. I, I think it's his time has passed. They're moving into a new era. Um, but I didn't want Roman Reigns' title run to be a traditional one. I want it when Roman Reigns wins that belt, I want it to be that creative put it together. They put the right program in place. They had the storylines in place. It was the right event. It was the right opponent. And, and to make this guy a star. Same thing with Bray Wyatt. So when you have a guy like Daniel Bryan, who was obviously in the plans for a long time, and you had got to figure that Daniel Bryan was going to keep the championship at least till SummerSlam, you know, I can't fault the WWE for saying, you know what, let's just go back to John Cena. John Cena loses nothing. You know, I don't want Roman Reigns to be a transitional champion. John Cena can do that and lose nothing. It, it just makes sense for a company that's lost their top guy to go back and say, all right, let's just go with the guy who we know sells, that we know will, will, sell, will continue to sell merchandise, continue to be the face of the company, and then we'll figure out where we're going to go from there. And if it was, you know, all the rumors and speculation that we're talking about Brock Lesnar coming back, and Brock Lesnar eventually winning the title, well, you know what? Then they can get themselves back on track. If that's what they're leading towards, then John Cena can be the guy to hold the championship, to transition to Brock Lesnar, and then ride out Lesnar's championship run, how they saw it going for the rest of the year and perhaps beyond. So I, I don't get that, that overt, like, 
just visceral criticism. I mean, is it just like this? I, if it's John Cena, I have to hate it. I, I just think business-wise, as a multi-million-dollar company, whether you love John Cena or you hate him, it just makes sense at this point to put the strap on him. Your thoughts, Dave? Um, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of Cena winning last night, um, but at the same time, he was the logical choice, in, in my opinion. Um, I was kind of hoping for some sort of a swerve, like I like I suggested last week. I was kind of hoping that maybe, you know, with with the with the timing of Barrett's injury and how they didn't announce a replacement, I thought the perfect way to really get people, you know. I wouldn't say hooked on the product, but to really get people to talk was if last night in the Money in the Bank contract ladder match, you had all these guys killing each other, you know, trying to get this contract, and then all of a sudden Brock Lesnar's music hits. And he comes out and he just kind of picks the bones, climbs up the ladder, retrieves the briefcase and the Money in the Bank contract holder. And then let's say, you know, regardless of who won the title last night in the ladder match, Lesnar were to cash in on him and leave Boston as the champion. I thought that would have been a, 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 a really good idea to really get wrestling fans and fans of WWE talking and like, oh, my God, like Brock Lesnar, nobody saw it coming kind of thing. I, I think it would have been really cool. But, um, you know, I guess they have other plans for Lesnar. And Lesnar's one of those kind of guys that he's like the rock in a way, a surprise appearance by him doesn't really sell tickets. It's when you advertise him is where people pay money to see him. And considering he's probably one of the most hated guys right now, considering his his, his match with Undertaker and, and ending the streak, um, his marketability um, in WWE and for main event matches, and his stock has just gone up. So I would like to have seen that kind of scenario play out, but I understand why they didn't do it. Um, I think Cena will be a tra- transitional champion. Hell, I even think Lesnar might be a transitional champion. Lesnar doesn't work a full-time schedule. It might be a little difficult for him to be the champion for an extended period of time. But I think for the short term it could work. It it all depends on what plan they have going forward. Um, You really want to make money and go old school, you have him hold the belt from SummerSlam to WrestleMania. And that's when you can decide whether you want to put it on a returning Daniel Bryan or you want to put it on Roman Reigns or whatever. But Brock Lesnar, I think, will sell it will sell tickets and draw people money to see somebody beat him for the title. Um, but the Cena, the Cena, I understand it. I understand the logic behind it. And I wasn't a fan of it, but it is what it is. And I did, he's not going to be around forever. Let's just put it that way. Agreed. And I, and I hear what you're saying. Like, it would have been cool if, if they, they shocked us in some way, shape or form, you know, if they, they did something that you weren't expecting, but I, like I said, I mean, as as a business, I, to me, I go to the, you know, like I said, you know, if if you're kind of scrambling and they had the stock issues, so I, to me, like the John Cena decision just makes more sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, we're both commodity. in agreement that what was that? He's a proven commodity. He's, he's you know he's he's proven to draw whether you love him or hate him. So I mean. You, you, yeah, you have to go back to that. I mean, I'm, there were there were times. Let's face it. In in the '80s during Hogan's run, when they handed the ball to Randy Savage, Savage had a good run, but Hogan set the bar pretty high. What did they do? They went back to Hogan because they knew that they could draw money with Hogan. 
same thing the following year when they gave the title to Warrior. Warrior didn't do as well, so what did they do? They gave it back to Hogan. This has been done before with other guys. It's not just John Cena. Yeah, it, 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 it's funny. I guess, you know, it, it's, it's interesting with, with the, the venom that comes out and, and I guess the, the, the visceral reaction that, that John Cena, you know, causes for, with certain wrestling fans. Like, you know, for me, it, it just it, it makes sense. Um, like you said, love him or hate him, it, it just it, he's the proven commodity. And, and, and like I said, go on, in, on the other side of things, I, I don't want to see these new guys – you know, be shortchanged. I mean, you know, I, I, we have been all over, you know, before most, uh, how much we, we dig Roman Reigns, but I, I don't think he's ready for the title, and I don't want to see him as a tradition, transitional champion. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's not only that John Cena is, is the right call for this time period, but I don't want to see them screw up someone else's run. I, I don't want to see a Roman Reigns get the championship and then him get annihilated by Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. You know, like we've talked about it before. We've gotten our fantasy booking hats on. What we want to see is, is Brock Lesnar get the title and then a Roman Reigns beat Brock at WrestleMania and really put a Reigns over. Uh, you know, it's just I, I'm rooting for these young guys. The, the era is changing. It's, it's a different time period. The, the amount of title runs that John Cena is going to have is limited. And quite frankly, if Daniel Bryan didn't get hurt, it wouldn't shock me at all if we never saw Cena with the title again. And, and in fact, if this is his, it would not shock me if this is his last title run. So it, we're moving in a different direction. It's just you, you go back to, like you said, Dave, that proven commodity. And let's go back out to the phone. Because we got Mike has been on hold for a while. Mike, are you there? What do you got for us tonight? Yeah, I'm here. Let me tell you something. Um, you're talking about Brock Lesnar working from from SummerSlam to WrestleMania. That's probably not going to happen, given his his schedule and, and what he plans to do. That he wants to, you know, he wants to work a short program and stuff. But I, I kind of thought that they were going to give it to Randy Orton, and then they were going to have um, a match with Orton somehow versus Cena again, and then the winner got Brock Lesnar, which would the winner at that point would be Cena. But it just didn't work out. Um, I actually have an announcement, ladies and gentlemen. I have the network. Yeah. Woo, I'm in, I'm in. So I'm, I'm all in. So, you know, last night, I got to tell you, watching the, watching the pay-per-view, I actually really liked the pay-per-view a lot. Um, one of the things that one of the things that I loved about it was that 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 Dean Ambrose took it right to Seth Rollins. I mean, and Seth Rollins took a beating throughout that whole throughout that whole match. I mean, the guy gets backflipped onto a ladder by Kofi Kingston, which was which was amazing that the guy just didn't break apart, and then he takes a beating. From um, Seth Rollins, I mean, from Dean Ambrose with the chair. I mean, Dean Ambrose was whipping him like he owned him. I mean, it was just crazy. And then the Kane thing was funny. I mean, Kane comes out, thing comes off, everybody's like, you know, doesn't know what to do. Kane runs down the ring, holds his 
you know, hold everything off with the choke slam, tombstone, and let Dean Ambrose, I mean, let Seth Rollins do what he has to do. And then he tried to do the same thing for Orton, um, which wasn't successful because of John Cena. But I, I definitely I definitely think that um, John Cena right now is the best choice because, like you said, you don't want to have, you don't want to have, um, you know, Bray Wyatt or Bray Wyatt who's over 100%, Bray Wyatt or um, Roman Reigns win, win, win the title. I totally agree with you. I, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's we're, we're all, I guess, in, in agreement. It, it's just funny, you know, how, I don't know, like John Cena, John Cena <laughs> sniffing any sort of gold just to just elicit such venom uh, from from the wrestling fans out there. And it's just, it's just interesting. I mean, I, I, I just think it's a smart, safe business play, and, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. You know, this week you brought up a point, Mike, about Brock Lesnar, and you know, I I'm curious your thoughts because I, I think they could do something and make it work, where maybe we don't, you know, back in the day we didn't see Hogan on TV every week, you know, with with kind of um, Paul Heyman on Raw each and every week being Lesnar's mouthpiece, um, you know, I mean, maybe the, I mean, could you see a situation where you know, maybe we see Brock a little more often. Maybe the WWE throws a, you know, a couple more shekels his way. We know Brock Lesnar loves the money. Um, you know, so we see him a little bit more often, but not every week. And and they make that sort of schedule work. No, not with it. Not with the belt. No, I, I don't see it. I mean, if they wanted to go that way, I don't see it. I mean, him showing up, Paul Heyman, I could see coming out with the belt and holding the belt. But him not him not on TV with the belt. I, I don't I don't see it. But I mean, you, you never know. Um, last night's matches that I didn't like. I mean, you were talking about you were talking about oranges and 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 fruit analogy. WWE is just high on rosebuds right now, and I did not I did not like that match at all. Well, it's not that I didn't like the match at all. You were talking about stock that's rising and declining i tell you we talk about we talk about that stuff and and look what look what happened um last night to sandow the guy comes out and he's and he's and he's coming out as paul revere which was funny but you know dean we all knew that that coming in there that ambrose i mean ambrose i'm thinking about i got ambrose on the brain i'm trying to get ambrose off my brain because i know that i know at um Battleground is going to be probably Ambrose versus Seth Rollins, which which would be a great match to see. I can't wait to see that with a lot of animosity coming out of that. But you know, like I was saying, Sand, you know, we know that this guy Adam Rose is up on everyone's list and he's climbing, and and uh, I just didn't care for that match. The other thing I'm upset about is obviously is the commentary. I mean, give me a break. If you watch that match. Well, you both watched that match. You said, Dave, you watched it on commentary. If you watched that match, when they put people in submissions, they hardly even know what a submission hold is. They have no clue what the heck they're talking about. In the in the uh, Cameron or Naomi, one of them, versus, um, it was ridiculous. I mean, give me a break. They're talking about her tapping out. How is she going to tap out with her head? 
<laughs> How's she tapping out? This girl's got her like a fun. bow and arrow, you know? Yeah, we, we talked a little bit before the show, and it's funny that you brought that up because, you know, I, I said to Dave that, that, you know, Dave was there live, and I said, you know, the, the commentary, uh, it just it really hurts. And Dave, I know it's hold on, I'm sorry to cut show. you off, but Dave, Dave was there live, and I love Dave. Dave, you're the man. When you said Euchre seats, you said Bob Euchre would be proud, and you know what? I was <laughs> proud because I, I, I just love the Bob Euchre re- reference, Dave. Oh, yeah, good old Uke. I love Uke. He, he, honestly, he's one of those guys that, like, you can bring him out. Nobody will know from, you know, younger years who he is, but he'll sure, he, by the end of his, his segment on the show, he'd entertain the hell out of you. Uh, Bob Uke, Mr. Belvedere himself. Love that show, love, love Uke, but let's get back into wrestling. Go ahead, Ken, you were talking. Sorry, go ahead. It's funny because we actually talked about it, and, you know, we, we've talked about it before, and, and we – you know, I said it to Dave in our pre-show meeting, and then I said, you know, oh, let's not talk about that because I, 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 you know, we we ripped it before, but it, it. I mean, you brought it up, so now, now we can. Um, oh, yeah, by it, the way, you know what made me get WWE Network? That's it's a curious, it's it's a great story. Why I got it? I got it because I wanted to see I wanted to see JBL matches. That's why, that's why I really bought that, it for JBL in his match. JBL the network for you. But, they were know, plugging us. They were plugging the stuff out of that. I mean, they're they're plugging the they were plugging the app, which I get, and they were plugging the, and they were plugging the network, which I which I which I get a hundred percent that that stuff is down and, and the network's not doing too good or whatever. But not the thing that I, that's that's the thing that I that, that that's that's the thing that I was like, you know, they were talking about other countries and sixty four countries, and then JBL starts talking about soccer. It's like I know he wants to be relevant, but you know what? No one's relevant when 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 Michael Cole has no clue what he's talking about. Yeah, there's a couple of things. Point up, Mike. Go ahead, Dave. It's interesting you brought that point, Mike, up about you know the the, the plugging of the network. Um, there was on more than one occasion when I went to you know step away to use the restroom or to go to the merchandise stand. There were people that were working, I don't know if they worked for WWE or if they were interns for an independent organization, but they were having people fill out surveys or possibly even trying to get them to sign up for the WWE network um, while they were waiting in line at, like, the beer line. There, there were people, you know, maybe, uh, maybe that was a, a, good, a good strategic move on their part. Let's find the guys that are drunk off their ass to sign up and spend nine ninety nine a month on the WWE network while they're in the beer line. Um, I don't know, but it's interesting that you brought that up. I mean, you know, the, the network, I guess, is not doing as, as as good as you like. But it's funny you brought that up and plugged it on the on the uh, on the pay per view because they had people all throughout the concourse of the building and just about anywhere that I could see with clipboards trying to get people to sign up. You know what they should do, which would be awesome. I know, I know they sell, I know they sell the hats and the shirts of the network, but they should just like give away hats and shirts. And say like you know when you sign for a credit card, say you know what, get the network, get the network. Um, well, no, they'll probably no, hey, hey, no, they'll probably they'll probably get let you meet JBL and have JBL talk about his matches. <laughs> I mean, you know, and and you know what's what's another odd point too? Jerry Lawler is a funny guy, and he was always that way. And 
And I see where they're getting. I see where they're going with JBL to make them kind of a heel. Because that's what Jerry Lawler used to do. Jerry Lawler, everyone knows that in the 90s. Jerry Lawler would say, hey, Jim Ross, you know, you're going to get fired, you know, because of your boss, McMahon. This is your boss, you know. And, and that, that's what JBL is, is, um, is kind of is kinda doing. Yeah, but what, what I, I noticed, I, I, de- I definitely love, I definitely love this, um, this network. I watched a lot of stuff on it already within the, within like, I don't know, the past hours and days, hours that I had it, and um, I, I was watching a couple of episodes of the Legends House, which, which led me to believe, you know what, there should be a Legends House. Well, there's going to be a Legends House too. Hulk Hogan definitely should sign up for it. And if he was healthy enough for it, I would love to see the Iron Sheik. Imagine the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan in the same house. <laughs> that's must-see TV. I mean, you know, that's, I, I, I would definitely, I would definitely, I was telling somebody today about that. I would definitely tune in to see, you know, to see, to, to see it because it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's, it's history. Like, you know, I was watching a couple of episodes. The episodes I did see was when they were bowling, um, and I and I thought that was funny. Well, when what's his name, Pat Patterson got his shirt wet and he was screaming because Jimmy, you know Jimmy Hart. I mean it was it was comedy, but it was it's also like they say it's a brotherhood, which I'm surprised that Piper I you know Piper didn't put that didn't stress it enough that we're a frat we're like he always says we're a frat fraternity, you know Piper was always big on the boys. Piper was always big on the lost boys, you know. Like you know, I was I was happy when they showed like clips of um, you know Adrian Adonis and him and and uh, him beating up Jimmy Hart and and them showing like the history. It's it's important for young fans and old fans to reconnect with the old stuff. But Dave, um, right. last night did you get any good stuff like shirts and stuff, man? No, I didn't hit up the merch. Thing. You know what? I wanted to hit. I. I... I, I, I took a look at the merchandise table, and they had some decent stuff there. Still selling some Shield merchandise. They had, you know, some uh, T-shirts, and uh, you know, my, my girlfriend's son Anthony picked up a couple of Shield dog tags. But every merch right. stand I went to, which was about three or four of them, they sold out of that Cesaro shirt, that King of Swing shirt that looks like the old King of the Ring logo. That was probably the which, only thing I wanted to get there because I love Cesaro, is, and I which, thought that was right, cool. Right, every every merchandise stand sold out of it, so I didn't, I didn't. I, I just got the, the, the experience, you know, to, to take home with me as my, my, my souvenir. Which is, I, you know, which is another good point I'm going to bring up about Cesaro. I like the fact that he did that, that they tapped into the old stuff with the King of the Ring. I liked it the way they, they did that, you know, to show relevance, you know, to show the old stuff and, and to show that, you know, this is what they definitely, this is what they definitely, um, you know, should get back into and, and keep it, you know, and keep it with the with the presence and and everything, but um definitely you know the, like I said and another thing you were talking about Harper oh my god you know I knew him as Brody Lee Brody Lee a three hundred pound guy flying through the air was nothing new to me I've seen them him and Necro Butcher they, they in when they were in JAP Jersey All Pro they took on every hard hitting tag team they took on the heavy hitters they took on every guy body. And you know what? This guy is a, a monster because he can fly. I mean, the guy can fly through the air. And, and, and the fans were popping when he was flying through it. So you know what? It just goes to show you. I mean, I picked them as being the tag team champions, 
but maybe not yet. Maybe, I mean, because the Usos are going to run out. Um, and, he, and they're popular. The Usos are very, very popular, you know, not only with being Rikishi's son, because a lot of people like to say that too. Oh, you know, what does the father think? What does the father think? You know what? The boys can fly. The boys can kick. Last night was a kicking pay-per-view. Everybody got kicked in the face last night. <laughs> Everybody got kicked in the face. You're right, um, man. You so, know, like, tag team so, matches were definitely yeah. good, like, traditional uh, tag team wrestling. Both teams had uh, some real good chemistry. And, and, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we're looking at Luke Harper as a, a bona fide star going forward. I mean, that's just it. Like, now it's a wider audience is seeing him. I mean, I've seen him before. You've seen him before. You know, people who... Around the indie scene, I've seen what he can do, but now I think last night was that first time where a, a wide audience really saw what Luke Harper can my, do. And my nephew list- asked me today because we were watching the we were watching the pay per view together. Well, we watched I watched it last night, but I watched it again with him today because he didn't see it. And he asked me when I told him about that I met. He asked me, "You met Luke Harper?" And I said, "Yeah, I met him before he was Luke Harper." And he said, "What do you think about him?" I said, "Let me tell you something. You know." He came up to me. I shook his hand. We talked about matches. Him and Necro Butcher, all they kept on saying was, sir, sir. That's all they kept on saying. The match was great, sir. You know, you're cool, sir, whatever. And I would say to them, you know what? Don't call me, sir. Dude, I'm Mike. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm with Magic. And Magic's like, what the hell are you calling this guy, sir? And I'm like, because, they, and, and, and I'm like, because they're respectful. You know, you don't get, you know, and, and, and that's what I like about the wrestlers and, and people. They keep things cool. And when when and when this guy when Brody um, when he went on to WWE, it was it was great. Even you know it's another good point too. I'm going to bring up the Adam the the Adam Rose gimmick. It's putting people. It's really putting the other wrestlers that want to be wrestlers out there. There's a guy. His name is Corey Havoc. The guy's a great guy. He used to work for me when 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 I was a booker. Um, you know when I when we ran our stuff and I was a booker, I had him down. For me, and the guy is is a tremendous, um, tremendous wrestler. Nice guy, nicest guy you ever want to meet. And he was, and I seen him on um, a SmackDown or something. I know it was a wrestling show, SmackDown or Raw, and he was in a uh, you know in in in, in a, a suit doing something for Adam Rose. So you know what? I'm I'm happy that these wrestlers are cre- you know these wrestling um, gimmicks are cre are creating. You know, other opportunities for other wrestlers. Yeah, you know, and it, it's great to see, and it's good to see the young talent. Mike, as always, thank you so much for the phone call. Here we're taking next week off, July 4th weekend, so have a great July 4th, and we'll, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Oh, I can't wait to speak to you guys in two weeks because uh, we're going to get right into the heart of the matter. We're going to get right into, in, into the pay-per-views and the other wrestling stuff, and we're just going to keep on rocking and rolling till SummerSlam. And that's all i got to say, like Stone Cold would say about that. But I'll speak to you guys next week. Dave, it's a pleasure. Ken, you know it's a pleasure. We'll speak to you soon. Take it easy, Mike. Thanks for the call. And there you have it, the stream of consciousness that is Mike. (laughs) I don't even know where to start. We hit a lot of subject matters with Mike, as we usually do. Um, yeah, let's just stick it's with like the call. Travel around <laughs> the world in eight days. <laughs> oh, good times! Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. Since Mike actually opened it up to just about every subject matter 
that we could perhaps talk about. Everything's out there. Everything's on the table. So whatever you want to talk about, give us a call. You want to talk money in the bank last night? We got Raw coming up tonight, speculation on perhaps Chris Jericho returning. That We have had an announcement that a former champion will be returning. Um, is it Chris Jericho? Who knows? We got Mr. Trivia on the line. How are you this evening, Mr. Trivia? Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, what do you got for us? I, I just want to start off saying that uh, way to go, Nicole. You made the, the Ken Reedy family very proud. You made Dave very proud. And uh, congratulations and a fine job and way to go. Um, second of all, guys, uh, yeah, I know. It's another John Cena run. Woo-hoo. Uh, but um, one thing I was talking to a buddy of mine about today, we were talking about the 2015 Hall of Fame. And uh, what are the chances Vicky Guerrero getting into the 2015 Hall of Fame. If she does, will she go in because she was married to Eddie? Or will it just be, you know, I mean, because the WWE has put some, you know, people in the Hall of Fame that, you know, I still question as to why they're in there, whether it's the Celebrity Wing or, you know, they call it the WWE Hall of Fame, but they have a lot of people in the Hall of Fame that, you know, were never in the WWE. So it's you know it's pretty ironic that uh, we were talking about that because we were talking about you know possibly I'd like to see you know Kevin Nash or Randy Savage or something like that and then somebody had mentioned Vicky Guerrero and you guys maybe see Vicky going in maybe not 2015 but do you see her going in at all? I think it's a distinct possibility. I mean she she did a lot of good uh, over her run. She did a lot of good with that GM type character. Um, uh, you know, she really blossomed, uh, you know, when she was first on camera, I, I had my doubts, and uh, I think she did a lot of good, she had a nice run, and, and who knows, I mean, she left now, uh, she could be back at some point, uh, I, I would I would lean towards not in 2015, um, I don't know if she will go in the Hall of Fame, but she's not someone that I would say definitely doesn't belong in, I, I could see it down the road a piece, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, it's been talked about, it's been rumored from what I've heard, but there's there's a chance she can go in the Hall of Fame. Um, I don't know about 2015. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened. It wouldn't surprise me if it didn't happen um, that, that she that she goes in. But you know, a testament to her as a, as a performer. Um, you know, somebody who was a virtual rookie in the business who you know comes onto WWE TV with no experience whatsoever, and she had a little, she had a rough start in the beginning. But once she caught on, and you know, it, a testament to people like Edge. Who she worked with, and 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 then Teddy Long, and other other characters like that. Those people that really helped mold her character, and and she 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 did pretty well for herself for somebody who had no intentions of being in the wrestling business, and no intentions of, of being a character, and somebody who just kind of learned this on the fly. In eight nine years that she had been with them, she had come a long way. So, um, and like you said, Mr. Trivia, there's been times where there have been individuals that you've questioned going into the WWE Hall of Fame. So it wouldn't surprise me if she went in, but I think I think, it, I think she would deserve it considering what she's done. She hasn't had a Hall of Fame career, but for what she's done considering she doesn't, she didn't really, wasn't in the business, you know, in the first place other than just being married to Eddie Guerrero, then yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, Ken, did you get my, uh, my message? I know last week when you were talking to, uh, I think his name was... Uh, the good doctor or whatever it was about how uh, 
how Ox Baker was in that movie, Escape from New York. Did you get my message as to how he got that role? I, I did. Interesting. I, I did not know that. If you'd like to share the story on how uh, Ox Baker got into Escape from New York, uh, sure, share it with our audience. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Ox a couple weeks ago, and uh, we were talking about the movie because I had seen it on TV. And he had said to me, they gave him the role in Escape from New York. That that part was originally cast for Bruiser Brody. And as we all know, Bruiser Brody was stabbed to death in a locker room in Puerto Rico. And uh, they came to Ox Baker because Ox Baker was good friends with Bruiser Brody. And they asked him if he wanted to take the role that Bruiser Brody was cast in. And Ox Baker accepted the role in the movie and never took a dime for that movie. He told the people that were involved in the movie, anything that's made on that movie should go to Bruiser Brody's family. And Ox never took a dime for that movie. And it was pretty amazing as to how he, you know, was just cast into that role. Uh, you know, he was saying, you know, surprisingly, you know, cause we were talking about him and the Mongolian stomper back in the day and how the Mongolian Stomper was talking with Bruiser about, and Bruiser Brody was looking forward to doing the role in the movie with Kurt Russell, and then he had that tragic incident where he was stabbed to death in Puerto Rico, and that's how Ox Baker got his... I kind of say that's how he got to start in the movie. I know he was also in that other movie uh, with Kevin Sullivan. I That slipped my mind right now. I can't think of the name of it now, but... Uh, oh, Card Subject to Change. Ox was also in that one, and uh, his health is doing well. I, you know, talked to him about your show the other day, and uh, he had mentioned it. And I was talking to Mario last night about uh, we were going over the Pat Patterson situation, and we were having a good laugh about it. So we were talking about that. And uh, I also want to mention uh, to the Connecticut wrestling viewers out there, I'm sure there's a lot of Connecticut wrestling viewers out there, Dave being uh, the co-host and being from the great state of Connecticut, that uh, – July 26th, they're going to have Grindhouse Championship Wrestling at the Waterbury Boys and Girls Club. And um, former ECW champion Jason Knight will be on the card. So anybody out there in the Waterbury area, surrounding areas, want to go out and see that. Also, a special treat that night, Mr. Trivia will be the ring announcer for that show. So we're looking forward to, to making my ring announcing debut, so to speak, only for the first half of the show, though. The second half of the show is going to be former WWF ring announcer, Frank Krasnowski. Frank was a ring announcer in the WWF before Howard Finkel got the job. He's a Meriden resident, and we're looking forward to that show. So anybody out there want to come down and uh, check it out? Uh, Mr. Rosenbluth, if you want to make a, a stop down there and watch the show, come on in. I'll get you in as my special guest. Get your ringside, and uh, we'll sit there and talk good independent wrestling. Very cool. Mr. Right, thanks yeah, a lot for the call. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take it easy. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, a lot of indie stuff, man. So we're, we're hitting all the subject matters tonight, uh, some indie wrestling, some old school uh, stories, uh, good stuff, and, and rolling out the red carpet for you, Dave. Rolling out the red carpet, if you'd like to join uh, ring announcer, Mr. Trivia, uh, for an independent wrestling event. Nice of him to throw out an invitation uh, for you. But let's get back to, uh, you know, the majors and, and the WWE as we get. Uh, we're about 10 minutes away from the start of Monday Night Raw. And uh, 
interesting as as we're in June and 2014 essentially half over, um, you know, say what you will uh, about the WWE, and do they hit a home run every week? No. Is every match great five-star? No. Is every storyline firing on all cylinders? No. But I think we've had a solid year so far in storytelling. I think we've had a solid year in pay-per-views. When you go back to the Rumble, the Chamber, WrestleMania, Extreme Rules, Payback, and now Money in the Bank, we've had some real good pay-per-views. I think Stephanie and Triple H have evolved and and really done a nice job at, at becoming the the top heels in the company and everything kind of trickles down from them. I, I absolutely love everything that Stephanie is doing. Um, I think they've had a nice run and considering they put all their eggs in the Daniel Bryan basket and still last night they were able to give you a quality pay-per-view, um, you know, Following WrestleMania, you haven't had clunkers in the pay-per-view department. I, I think the WWE is doing a real nice job right now. And to, to actually piggyback what Mike was saying on, if there was one thing that I would say is, is terrible, it's the commentating. But other than that, I think we've had some real solid storytelling, some solid pay-per-views. Uh, as we look at the first half of 2014, I think it's been a pretty good year for the WWE, Dave. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, uh, to be quite honest with you, I think a lot of that is attributed to the – I think in some way WWE had listened to their fans, um, you know, with certain individuals like Daniel Bryan and, and using him. And I think seeing a lot of fresh faces um, in, in more prominent roles on WWE television – really kind of, I wouldn't say got more viewers to watch, but it made for very intriguing and exciting storylines. Um, people can complain all they want. We've, we've beaten this horse to death, and I'm tired of beating it to death, but I think I need to make this point. People can complain all they want about how WWE, you know, overexposes John Cena. Um, I really don't think they do, to be quite honest with you. I think the, the past year has been the Daniel Bryan show. I really, truly believe that, and I don't have a problem with it. I, I thought it was great. I think it needed to be freshened up a bit. And with these other names like the Wyatt and now, you know, the, the Shield splitting up with all three of them going their separate ways and uh, different names like Dolph Ziggler and, and just the, 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 the rise of the network and the talent that you see coming up from, from NXT, you know, we're in the, the, the push of newer talent being at the forefront of WWE with some of the older talent still sticking around, but, you're relying on these young guys, like I said, the Wyatt, the, the, the old Shield members, and Daniel Bryan, and these other guys. And you've got guys like Randy Orton. Randy Orton is in his early 30s. He's still, to me, he's still got a lot left to go. John Cena's probably got a good few years. I mean, the, the, the depth and the, you know, the talent that they have, they got a lot of good stuff going on right now. And I'm not going to, you know, knock them for what they for, for what they're doing right now because I'm thoroughly enjoying it. For the most part it's making sense and to any TNA fans out there, sometimes I, I can be critical of them and they for whatever reason they just can't get the crap together right now 
I want to watch some wrestling that's got some logic, and WWE has some logic. I mean, perfect all the time, no, but their storylines, they make quite a bit of sense, and the in-ring action is pretty damn good. There's been at least, like, out of six pay-per-views, there's been at least, like, seven or eight matches out of these six pay-per-views that have done, that, that, that are match-of-the-year quality, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think we're potentially, you know, talking about match of the year, I mean, the, the uh, you know, we talked a lot about John Cena and, and you know, is, is he the right choice for, for champion right now? But that, last night, that Money in the Bank contract match, phenomenal match. I mean, you hit it, yeah, it was kind of a spot fest, but some interesting spots. Ambrose gave us some, some hardcore, old-school intensity. You know, it's funny, and, and I've heard the comparison before. But I don't know if you remember, like, I'm sure you remember. Who am I? I'm asking you. But way back when, uh, you know, Roddy Piper Piper had his rivalry with uh, Agent Adonis. And I've heard the comparison before um, with with Piper and and Ambrose. And there was a Saturday, I believe it was a Saturday night's main event, where Piper was taking on um, the Iron Sheik, and he was not cleared to wrestle. And, And just spitting mad. Uh, Roddy Piper hobbles his ass uh, down to, to the ring, uh, limping with, with the crutch and just just seething. And, uh, you know, he winds up cracking the crutch around, uh, over uh, Iron Sheik's head and, or, or over his back. And it's just like this, this moment that it, the intensity, like, towards Adrian Adonis, like, was, was directed at the Iron Sheik in that moment. And... There's just something about how Ambrose is so fixated on Rollins reminded me of that. Reminded me of a very pissed-off Roddy Piper, which is high praise for Ambrose. And, again, a guy that let's, let's – I mean, we've got to be honest. You know, it, you know, call him as you see him. Was not really distinguishing himself with the shield. And the reins – the chains are loose. Um, he's, he's off the handle, so to speak. They've given him a place to direct his angst. And so I know we had more of a spot fest with that match, but we had some good storytelling, too. I thought the, uh, the contract match was a phenomenal match. Oh, I, I loved it. Absolutely loved the match. I thought, I, I, like I said, I was a little disappointed that, Ziggler didn't do enough in the match because I was really looking forward to seeing what he was going to do because he's one of my favorites. But, you know, Ambrose really stepped up. And, and, and to me, in my opinion, you know, last night being there live really proved, you know, that, that he can hang on his own. Um, not saying that he had anything to prove to me or any wrestling fans, but um, like you said, he was the one that kind of seemed to have, you know, Falling back and out of place in the shield, and it was Rollins and Reigns that were the ones that were that were being looked at, you know, in the later tenure of the shield. Um, and I think last night, you know, with the changing of his look, everything really helped, and he really set himself apart as being, you know, a, a character on his own. To be quite honest with you, since the shield was broken up, I have been I've almost forgotten in a lot of ways that they were even a group without them without them mentioning it because um, they really set themselves apart with the exception of Reigns because he still kind of wears the shield gear and comes out for music. But um, for the most part, it's like I almost forgot that they were a group and I love them together, but I love what they're doing with these guys separately. And I think Ambrose's distinction of changing his look and, and adding more dimension to this crazy character that he has has really helped that 
especially with people who were really upset that the shield broke up in the first place. And it just shows, like, how talented those three guys are that, you know, like you're saying. I mean, I, 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 I completely hear it, you know, that you kind of forget that they were a faction. They were a faction for so long, but they're all, you know, they really showcased their talent last night. And like I said, I mean, talk about a guy that, to me, his stock rose, like, exponentially, you know. He was a distant third to us. We talked a lot on the show. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm buying in. I'm all in with, with Ambrose. I'm digging what I'm seeing and looking forward to a one-on-one matchup between him and Rollins, uh, perhaps at Battleground. Uh, I, I just like everything uh, he's doing right now. So, and, and it's just the fact there's a ton of, of young talent right now. And, and you know, there, there are spots and guys are stepping up and taking these spots. And it's, it's an exciting time right now. A lot of new talent. Uh, the landscape of the WWE is definitely changing. And, and, you know, we said it a bunch of times coming out of WrestleMania, changing of the guard. Uh, that, that couldn't be more true. So got about a minute left in the show. Guys, enjoy Monday Night Raw. And please, please support us and call in. Have a great July 4th weekend. Be safe. Enjoy yourself. We're going to be off next Monday. We'll be back in two weeks uh, to give you the best in pro wrestling talk. But we're off next week. Looking forward to a relaxing July 4th. Great show tonight, Dave. We hit, we hit a bunch of subjects. Looking forward to Monday Night Raw. Who's going to be the, the uh, former champ showing up? But uh, good show tonight. Absolutely. Uh, got, got, we, like you said, we covered a lot. And uh, try to get it all here in the show. And, uh, you know, to the callers, thanks. Especially Mike Ferrar. You just covered about every single historical piece of wrestling information known to man. Thank you for that phone call. It's a lot to digest. Hopefully I can get it all in there. It always is. So, again, thank you all for your support. You called it tonight. Enjoy Monday Night Raw. Happy, happy July 4th weekend. We'll see you in two weeks. For Dave, I am Ken. Thank you all, and good night.